are seeking the heart of God. And I think we should be excited about that as a church. Amen. That our young people are in the altar seeking God and what he would do in their lives, seeking change for their own lives this morning. So would you help me celebrate that really quickly with just a... just a few moments as they continue to pray, we get the honor to partake of communion. And if you're not familiar with church terms, it's okay. Communion, it's, it's, a, it's a cracker and it is a little cup of juice this morning, but it has meaning and it has purpose. And we have been asked by Jesus before he left this earth to participate regularly in communion together as a family. And so we get that opportunity, that powerful opportunity to do that today as a, as a family here at Connections Church. And I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm almost ready to just jump right into that because it's such a powerful and meaningful moment for all of us. But before we enjoy that meal in just a moment together, before we partake of those what came to mind this week as we end our series called I Quit is that we need to, as Christians, as followers of Christ, we need to quit being fearful. We need to stop living in this realm of fear that the world that we live in has pushed on us and created around us. So this morning, I, I want to not only remember who Jesus is, as we always do when we partake of communion together, not only remember him in the meek and mild and, and soft-spoken Jesus who we pictured going around and just gently laying his hand on people and ministering to them, and he certainly did that. But I don't want us to just remember him in that way this morning as we partake in communion. I don't want us to just remember Jesus, our Lord and Savior, who hung on the cross, his body broken and blood spilling from his side and the wounds in his hands and his feet that, that ran down to the ground beneath him as he was there on the cross. I don't want to just remember him in that sacrificial way. In this area of fear that some of us are gripped in on a regular and constant basis, I want us to remember him this morning as the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts appears 261 times in the Old Testament. That name that is given to him means something. And I want us to grip that this morning, right before we enjoy communion together. The Lord of hosts, or the hosts of heaven's armies, is how that's translated. In the original Hebrew is Yahweh Sabaoth. The host of heaven's armies is on our side this morning. So, as we 
in just a few moments, we'll hold the elements of bread uh, that represents his body and, and a cup of juice that represents the blood that he shed for us. As we hold those in our hand and as we remember him in that meek and mild, soft-spoken way that, that is true and that he was many times as he modeled in his ministry how, the, how we should be. And not only do we remember him on the cross, crucified for our sins, But I want to introduce you today, perhaps for the very first time, to this Yahweh Sabaoth, who who is the host of heaven's armies, who is the Lord of hosts this morning, who has all power and all strength in his grasp. The Bible also refers to him in some translations as Lord Almighty. He has all power and all strength. And it came to my realization this week as I thought about communion and I thought about us being here on the Sunday after Thanksgiving together and I thought about the fear that grips people. Maybe you like myself have lived in fear at times in your life. Maybe today you are living in that fear. Maybe it is so crushing and so heavy even now as you sit here this morning or watch on this live stream that fear has crippled you and stopped you in your tracks. As we celebrate communion together today, for you to realize that He is the host of heaven's armies. He has all power and all strength. He rules with precision and honor over all angelic beings. And it is a host of beings, the Bible tells us. He holds the distinct position of being able to call them up and send them out at any time. And he is the head honcho in charge, if you will. And can do anything he pleases at any time. It should bring us to a place where we realize as we celebrate communion together that we are worshiping a God who can. And we are worshiping a God who will. And we are worshiping an all-powerful Jesus this morning. The reason I want to introduce you to this Yahweh Sebaoth, this Lord of hosts this morning is because... At one point in your life, maybe it's today, or maybe it has been in the past, maybe it will be in the future, you will find yourself experiencing fear. And the host of heaven's armies is saying to you right now, today, in this place, that fear is not from him. He did not send fear to you. However, he will help you fight that fear, and he will, even in your worst Nightmares, when the worst possible fear that you would have comes to pass, he will hold you through that. He will be at your side. He will bring you through that to joy unspeakable, the Bible says, and full of glory. So he is simply saying to all of us this morning, quit fear. I don't want to spend too much time describing what fear looks like because it's different for each and every one of us. If we went through the room this morning and had you stand and describe your worst fear, the thing that that bothers you the most, the the one thing that you, you fear is going to happen the most, we would paint the most awful mural that man has ever seen. For some, it would, it would show on there the, the dismay and the depression that comes after the loss of a, a spouse. For some, fear looks like a loved one dying. For others, fear is a job loss or being in the state of 
financial disaster. For some, it's the loss of yet another child. For some, it's the diagnosis of a disease or another pandemic that would sweep the globe. Fear looks different for each and every person in this room. So let me address to the people in this room that there are two kinds of people in the world. It boils down to there's saved people and there's unsaved people. And saved people who have bowed their knee and accepted the free gift of eternal life from Jesus Christ, saved people address fear differently than unsaved people. Saved people have fears, but they know that the host of heaven's armies, the one who controls all the angelic forces, the one who has all power, is standing on their side. He is calling the vast resources of heaven into commission to see them through those fears. Unsaved people, on the other hand, have fears and they allow those fears to consume them. The fear causes them to have unstable minds, to be irrational and to live by the standards of this world. Unsaved people look into their corner for help, but they find their corner empty. My prayer today is that if you are unsaved, if you are not born again as the Bible calls it, that you will make a decision today to let the host of heaven's armies help you with your fear. For those of you that call yourself saved, for those of you who I identify, if you will, as Christians, as Christ followers, I'm here today to remind all of us what 2 Timothy 1 and 7 says, and it says this, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That scripture is so real and so powerful That God has not given you this, but he has given you this. He said, I did not send fear to you. That did not come from my hand. I am the host of heaven's armies. I control fear. I can run fear off. I didn't send that to you. You are allowing that into your life, but I didn't send it to you. What I have sent you is power and love and a sound mind. Did you notice in that verse that fear is not the thing that you would pick from that list that some of those things that we're fearful of that I mentioned earlier. It's, it's not from the list that I went over. Those things are just part of life. Those things just happen. The diagnosis that's not good from the doctor, the relationship that's torn away, the, the thing that has happened that you fear the most, they're just part of life. But the fear of those things happening is a spirit. It's a spirit of fear. And the thing that struck me this week is that I can accept the spirit of fear into my life or I can reject the spirit of fear. You see, the spirit of fear is an evil spirit. It's a demonic spirit. It's a spirit that lies. You realize that this morning. The spirit of fear lies to us. It tells us things and consumes us with thoughts and things that aren't true. The spirit of fear nags. It's constantly nagging and telling us that there's something there that's not there. The the spirit of fear irritates. 
It drives us to the point where we feel like we have to do something because that spirit of fear that we have allowed to be in our corner, that we have allowed into our lives, is there because we've allowed it to. And it's totally contrary to the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God, as we know from reading our Bibles and and living in His presence, is love. That's the opposite of fear, is love. That's why love is the opposite of fear. That's why the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 16, 18, there is no fear in love. It doesn't exist. It can't be there together. It continues and says, but perfect love casts out fear. Some of your translations might say, drives out fear. So when love comes in, when we allow that perfect love to come in, the love that comes from Jesus, the love that comes through communion and relationship with him, it drives the fear out. It can't exist there at the same time. So as I quickly introduce you to the host of heaven's armies this morning, this may be a a name of God that you haven't considered before. This may be a attribute of God, of Jesus, if you will, that you haven't thought of this, this morning, that you haven't thought of before in your life. But the host of heaven, heaven's army is on your side. He is in your corner. He is fighting your battles as we sang over and over again this morning. He is controlling the forces of angelic armies And they cannot be beaten. This is the God that we serve. This is the Jesus that we worship. This is the the name of God that we can call on in our greatest moments of fear. Very quickly in 1 Samuel chapter 17, we know the story well. David was a young boy and was facing a giant named, uh, a giant Philistine named Goliath. And David says these words. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defiled. At the moment when David could have been most fearful in his life as he stood watching and looking at this well-armored, well-armed giant who stood before him, the Bible says he called upon the Lord of the hosts of heaven's armies. David knew because of his relationship with the Lord that the Lord's strength was much greater than this giant that stood before him. And we love to tell this story in Sunday school to the children. We love to talk about it as adults that David stood there in front of this giant. But it always comes to mind the name that he calls in his prayer is to the name of the Lord of hosts that rules the armies. In Isaiah chapter 37, verse 16, this this prophet realizes the powerful quality of God and his attributes and calls upon him and says, O Lord of hosts, again, there it is, God of Israel enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God, you alone of all the kingdoms of the earth, you have made heaven and earth. So in a moment when this prophet needs to call upon the name of the Lord, he chooses a name. And maybe we don't do that. Maybe we don't think about that a lot. Maybe you don't know some of the names or all of the names of God that are in the Bible. That would be a good study, wouldn't it? 
for us to do in our small groups, for us to do in our quiet time, that in your moment of need, when you are most fearful, you could call upon the name of the Lord of hosts. The writer of Psalm chapter 80 verse 19 calls upon this mighty warrior, the Lord Almighty, the Lord of hopes for rescue when he writes these words, restore us, O Lord God of hosts. Let your face shine that we may be saved. In his moment, in the very moment he needed a warrior, he calls upon the Lord of hosts. And I want you to hear the Words again of Isaiah in chapter 43 as he says, But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, and I want us to insert our own name there. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you. This is the God that we serve, that we, that we remember when we take communion together. He created us. He, he formed us. Do not fear, he writes, for I have redeemed you. We sang the word ransomed in a song. The word redeemed and ransomed are interchangeable. He put forth the effort to buy you out of your sin. He, he put the payment down so that you could be ransomed, so that you could be redeemed. He says, I have summoned you. That's called you. Do you feel how personal this is this morning? He has called you, it says, by name, and you are mine. Listen to these words as he continues. When you pass through the waters, I will be there with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And finally, in Revelation chapter 19, if you have your Bibles, turn there very quickly with me. We will see that the Lord of hosts himself will be there. It's prophesied in Scripture. This day has not come, but it is coming when this leader, this ruler of the Lord of hosts, the, the one who controls heaven's armies will appear. Look at these words starting in chapter 19 with verse 11. I saw heaven standing, John writes, open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called faithful and true. Has he been faithful and true to anybody here this morning? Amen. He's faithful and true. With justice he judges and wages war. There's that warrior mentality, that, that powerful leader of, of the armies of heaven that we can call upon. He judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire and on his head are many crowns. And he has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. This is the Lord of hosts. This is the one who we have access to through Jesus Christ. This is the one who, when we hold this bread and cup in our hands in just a moment, we will remember that we have in our corner, that we have at our side. He is almighty God. 
the Bible says. Lord of hosts, mighty warrior. So I ask you this morning, what are you fearing? What is the, the one thing that you wake up every day with on your mind, the fear that you have inside of you, the, the thing that you would consider to be the worst possible scenario? And as you think about that and as you ponder what that is, maybe you know instantly what that is. I would offer you this morning the Lord of hosts. I would offer you today the ruler and leader, the most powerful almighty God who, char who is charged with all of the angelic angels to come to your aid. And I would remind you, Christ follower, this morning, and he is in your corner. You have no reason to fear. If you're here and you don't want to battle your fears anymore on your own, you would love to have him in your corner, and yet you have never found yourself accepting this free gift that Jesus Christ has offered through his blood and through his body to you, I would encourage you today to make that decision. Before we even put these elements in our hand and enjoy communion together, I would compel you and ask you to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Don't continue to carry fear out on your own. You can cast all of it on him and he will carry it for you. If you're here today and you find yourself, even as a Christian, wrestling with fear, I'm wanting to remind you that he did not give you a spirit of fear. It is not from him. He's here this morning to offer you some relief. If you are here today and that's you, I pray that someone would grab your hand and pray with you today before we leave in the host of heaven's armies would suddenly flood you with the love that drives out all fear. So we're going to let God do his work in us this morning. What I want to do is invite Joe to come back and she's going to play softly as we come section by section. Just the section, the table that's closest to you. I want to invite you to come. Ushers, I need an usher at each one of these tables. You just come up, grab a juice cup and a piece of bread and return to your seat. And we're going to enjoy communion together. But as you receive these elements, as you come and gather these elements for yourself, I want you to consider who the, the host of heaven's armies is in your life today. I want you to consider the fact that you don't have to live in fear any longer. You can lay it down today. Amen? Go ahead and come. Section by section, go ahead. Just come forward. It's
you need an usher to serve you, if you just get one of their attention really quickly, they will come and serve you. And you may be seated. So often we, when we enjoy communion together, we have a, for lack of a better term, a funeral mindset. And he in fact did die on the cross that day. And as he sat with his disciples before he went to that cross, we know he took bread and he took juice and he handed it to them. And he said, do this regularly to remember me. My mindset this week has been that we do need to remember him in that capacity, that he died for our sins, that he allowed his body to be broken and he gave himself willingly. But I also want to celebrate him. I want to acknowledge the fact that he's more than the one who hung on the cross and died, that he's the one that rose with all power and all might, that he's meek and mild as he has instructed us to be at times, but he's also a mighty warrior, that he is also capable of so much more than we give him credit for. And today as we eat this simple bread and drink this juice together, I, I want to encourage you that if, if fear in any way grips you, if fear in any way has gripped you in the past, if you are living in that now, that that did not come from God. And that the host of heaven's armies this morning is saying, be free from that. I want to give you joy unspeakable I want to give you peace. I want to be there with you. So remember me in that way. Remember that I can be your mighty warrior this morning. Remember that I can fight your battles. And so as we pray, God, this morning we thank you for this bread. We thank you that when you sat at the table with your disciples before you went to the cross for our sins and bled and died, you took bread and you broke it and you said, as often as you eat this bread, remember my broken body. And so we remember that this morning, God. And we, we remember, Jesus, that you hung on the cross and that your bones were broken for us, that your body was given. But we also celebrate you today knowing that you are our mighty warrior. You came out of that grave. You came out of that tomb. You conquered death, hell, and the grave and accomplished what we cannot accomplish on our own. And with this bread, you saved us. And so we eat it together, celebrating you and remembering your body. Would you eat your bread with me, please?
And after he had taken bread, broken it, he took the wine. And he said, as often as you do this, as often as you, together as a church family, as a Christ follower, as often as you drink this cup, will you remember the blood that I spilled for you? And so, Jesus, we remember your blood. We sang earlier about your blood. We, we know and understand the power that's in the blood of Jesus. We know that it spilled out and ran down and touched that dusty soil underneath that cross that day on Golgotha to wash away the sins that we would commit. All our past sins, our present sins, and our future sins are covered under the blood of Jesus Christ. There's power here. And so God, as we drink this simple grape juice this morning, we know it's symbolic of that blood and we understand that you are our sacrifice. But we also celebrate this blood. We celebrate the fact that there was something done for us that we couldn't do for ourselves. We celebrate you as the Lord of hosts of heaven's armies. And so God, we just come against all fear in this place today as we drink this cup. We, we ask God that if there's anyone here today that is living in fear, that your perfect love would come in and drive that fear out of them this morning. Would you drink your cup with me? Would you stand all across this room? Doesn't it feel good to know that the, the Lord of hosts is in your corner? Doesn't it feel good to know that you don't have to be fearful on your own? Isn't it good to know that not only is he a good, good father and not only can he hold your hand and hold you in the, in the, the lap that he has, but he can go to battle for you. That he is your warrior, that he is in charge of all of the armies of heaven this morning. And so as we sing this final time, I want to encourage you again, if you happen to be here this morning and you don't know Jesus, you have never bowed your knee and accepted him and asked him into your life to, to be the Lord and Savior of your life, to be your almighty God, and your corner is empty this morning and you're facing your fears on your own, I want to invite you to come. I promise you someone will come and pray with you. Someone will walk you into the very presence of Jesus himself and you can be saved today. If you're here this morning and you've been a Christian for a long time, but you live in fear, you've allowed one of Satan's greatest weapons to work in your life and you're, you're wanting to be done with that and you'd love to walk out these doors today knowing that the host of heaven's armies is with you for you and fighting your battle I want to invite you to come also as we sing I promise you someone will come and pray with you so Lord in this moment as you work on our hearts 
And as we sing and praise you before we leave this place, we thank you for the work that you're doing in our lives. We thank you for being our mighty God, powerful in all of your ways. And pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.